entertaining overtime and then the Oilers win at 4-3 in a shootout McDavid the only goal Koskinen turning aside all three Arizona shooters that was his save of the game courtesy of Jiffy Lube be wise winterize I will say the record again let it sink in the Edmonton Oilers are 16-7-3 on the season thanks for joining us tonight it is 9-08 overtime open line presented by Heartland Ford Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. No Ryan Nugent Hopkins tonight. He has a hand injury. He will not play against Colorado on Wednesday. And then we will see beyond that. Sam Gagne stepped in tonight. He had a pretty good game. Actually got an assist. And Marcus Grandlin, let's start there, Rob, in the third period with 6.48 to go. Scores for the third time in the last four games. That tied it up. Well, the beginning of the season, he was probably the the most disappointing of the free agent signings or the players that uh, Holland had brought in. He was a guy that was given the biggest contract, the one way. He had the best resume. He'd scored 19 goals in a season just a few years ago with with the Canucks. And you're thinking, okay, this guy's a slam dunk. Sure bet. Top three guy, top three lines, maybe even higher up if they need some help. But he struggled. And it happens. You go to a new team, sometimes you, it's hard to find where you fit in. Uh, in and out of the lineup, but now he seems to have a little bit of swagger now. He's got a little more confidence. He's got three goals in his last four games. Through all three goals coming on the road on this road trip against good hockey clubs and at big moments. And tonight, Arizona was all over the Oilers for about an eight, nine-minute stretch, a number of great scoring chances. I mean, you even commented between or during a commercial break is the Oilers aren't generating anything. And Granlin goes out there, uh, nice play by Russell, puts the puck on it, and then something that we, we've seen more and more from him lately hunting the puck down he beat he went through two Arizona Coyotes to find their own, his own rebound puts the puck into the net so uh, it's amazing you score one goal all of a sudden a little confidence comes back in your game and Granlin over the last couple of games looks completely different than the Granlin that we saw in the first 10 to 12 games the Oilers need that they need bottom six scoring and tonight Granlin got him a huge goal yeah, that line, Haas, Granlin, and Patrick Russell, uh, I mean, they don't necessarily play a ton. Haas plays uh, 9.02 tonight, Patrick Russell at, at 12.14, Granlin played 10.51, but they're making their shifts count, and certainly Granlin made that opportunity count. I thought it was a well-goaltended game. I, I mean, look, Koskinen probably wants that third one back because it came in for, for such a sharp angle, but there was kind of a big schmozzle in the crease, and I think it hit the inside of his blocker off the bad angle and went in. Well, he got turned sideways. The puck went behind the net, and as he was sliding from one post to the other, uh, Nygaard was in his way, and Nygaard, by his positioning, didn't allow Koskinen to turn and look towards the puck. Koskinen kind of got stuck. He didn't see the puck come, and the puck was going to miss the net by about a foot. But it hit the inside of the leg or something of Koskinen went in. So that one, to me, is on Nygaard. That one isn't on Koskinen. Uh, and I agree, both goaltenders were, were excellent in this hockey game. Koskinen made uh, uh, two or three huge saves mm-hmm. in the third period to not allow Arizona, Arizona to extend the lead. That allowed the Grandland goal to be a tying goal. So Koskinen, again, full marks for the way he played tonight. Yeah, he stopped Grabner with about 13 and a half left, stopped Garland with about 12 and a half left, setting it up for Grandland to tie it. And then the Oilers really controlled the last mm-hmm. six and a half minutes of the third period. And Cassian had a 
great opportunity to give the Oilers the lead with 5.35 to go, and I think he hit his spot on the shot, and Kemper responded with a, a great save. So whichever way it would have gone in the overtime and the shootout, I, I think you could even give the goalie who didn't win, and I'll give that to Kemper tonight, credit for, for getting his team a point. No, I agree. I, I, these are two teams that, and it's kind of funny when you talk about it, when the Oilers are included, two teams that are very good defensive hockey teams. Uh, we've seen the Oilers take huge strides this year. In Arizona, uh, they don't have the McDavid's or the dry sidles that can win them hockey games that way. They have to grind it out and win low-scoring hockey games. So, but these are two good defensive teams. Then every team that is a good defensive team has a, a strong goalie that makes the saves when they need to. Both goalies made big saves at certain points tonight. And it, it saw an overtime. They, they stood on their head. They got into the shootout. And in the shootout, when you're one-on-one against the other team's best, eventually something's going to slip through. Yeah, McDavid scored the only goal of the shootout. Schmaltz, no for Arizona. McDavid scores. Garland denied. Dreisaitl denied. Hinnestroza stopped. And that was it. Giving the Oilers the 4-3 decision. Leon Dreisaitl, what a stat line. He gets an assist. He he continues to lead the NHL in scoring. He plays 29 minutes, over four of those in overtime. Uh, Dreisaitl credited with two shots on goal. A couple others, uh, three others were blocked. One missed the net. He goes 11 for 15 for 73% in faceoffs. Incredible. I know it's funny when Bob always talks about the fact that, you know, back-to-back games, it's tough on players. And and we've, we've talked it's not as hard as it used to be. But still, it, it's taxing. And here's Leon and Connor playing back-to-back games. Leon's playing 29 minutes in the second of the back-to-back and then plays over four minutes in overtime. Uh, it's absolutely incredible the kind of shape that, that he and Connor are in. But uh, Leon lugging big minutes and losing a guy like Ryan Nugent Hopkins out of your lineup, it forces your top players to, to play even more. Uh, Leon, again, was excellent tonight. A uh, number of good opportunities that just didn't go in for him, but he continues to, to pad to his lead that leads the National Hockey League. In overtime, there was a whistle, a minute nine into the extra session. Dave Tippett calls a timeout and just goes right back out there with McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Clefbaum, who were exhausted in about the last well last minute of the overtime and it got a little dicey there because the Coyotes had the puck for the for the entire time. The other threesome was Sam Gagne, Darnell Nurse, and Ethan Bear. I, I like that. Just before we talk about that, only three forwards played in overtime. That's right. Five minutes, only three forwards got on the ice for the Edmonton Oilers. But you and I were, were talking before overtime started. Uh, we knew, obviously, Leon and, and Connor were going to start. But we're like, okay, who's going up next? Because whoever it is, it's usually someone and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And we're like, oh, well, I mean, it's usually Neil's been out there. But, I mean, and RNH is the one that carries him because RNH is better defensively with his speed. And I think that's what Dave Tippett was doing when he's looking down his bench. He's like, huh, who am I going to put out? And I think the one fear you have, and we talked about it with Bob after the game, a lot of these guys haven't played in overtime. And it's completely different when you're in your own zone the way you have to defend because now it's it's man on man. There's crisscrossing. And you don't want to put some guy out there who doesn't know what he's supposed to be doing in his own zone. Gagne's played overtime many times in his career. He's a veteran. It was easy to throw him out there. And then the next best, op- next best options were throwing out a pair of defensemen, two guys that both can skate. Obviously, Nurse and, and um, Bear both have the ability to move f- up quickly into that into the the offensive zone we saw bear almost breaking in uh, i thought it was a good idea i thought bear had a, a a great hockey game i think he continues to improve 
Um, and Nurse, again, I thought he had a strong game too. Both guys were not afraid at any time tonight to jump up into the play, and I think the Oilers need that. Oilers take it 4-3 in a shootout over the Arizona Coyotes. The three stars tonight, McDavid gets the first star, Grandlin the second star, Goligoski from the Coyotes gets the third star. Why not? He was plus two with three assists. Our fourth star of the game is for White Eagle Homes, built from the homeowner's perspective with thousands of personalization options. Visit whiteeaglehomes.ca. Well, the Oilers won, so we can pick different guys. We want. I'll, I'll pick Sam Gagne just because you got to jump in there and uh, and play for Nugent Hopkins, and Gagne winds up getting an assist tonight. 10 plus two, and he played over 50. 15 minutes not bad for a guy that was in the press box and played in overtime so uh, I thought he was going to end to me I thought Koskinen was outstanding in the third period he made a number of big saves that kept them within a goal within striking range he's a big reason the Oilers were able to get not only two points but just to get the one getting them into overtime Miko Koskinen is 9-1-2 and two on the season we all had that in the, in the office pool, yeah, did we, we all not? Knew, we all knew it was coming. <laughs> well, g- uh, good for him, and, and so far the Oilers' plan with the goaltending has has worked out. I know Smith's one-loss record isn't isn't as good, and he's had a couple times he's been pulled, but he's still been solid for the most part. And I know we get a lot of questions, well, when are you going to name Koskinen the number one or have him starting three out of every four or six out of every nine instead of kind of a 2-2-2 two, two, two rotation. It's not always that, but it's been close. I don't know if they will. I, I really don't know if they will. I, I mean, they I, they may, barring injury or something weird happening, they may stick with this. I mean, we're a third of the way in. They're gonna, they they're, have, they've been able to stick with it. They're going to stick with it until someone falters badly. And, uh, and when I say badly, it's not... Someone has an off night, they're going to keep going with what they're doing. We saw that where Smith had an an off night against the LA Kings. He came right back with them. Uh, If someone struggles, you know, two, three games in a row, well, then it might change. But the goaltenders right now will dictate if it it continues the way it's going. And, And how can you argue with it? Look at the Oilers' record. They're they're up near the top in the Western Conference. They're up near the top in the National Hockey League. And this is a team no one expected to be here. And a large amount of the reasons why they're where they are has been their goaltending. So there's no reason at all to change what they're doing. 4-3, the Oilers win in a shootout. That means a $100 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous thanks to Ascendant Financial. When the name of the game is life, there's Ascendant Financial. Visit CoveredAlberta.ca. Ascendant Financial is giving 25 bucks for every Oilers goal throughout the season to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous. And, of course, it is that time of year. If you're thinking about uh, donating, the donation boxes are uh, up in all the malls. And you can also bring stuff to the station here, santasanonymous.ca. It'll have all the info you need, all the drop-off spots. But we're always uh, thrilled when, when you help out. Edmontonians, Edmonton and area, very generous with 630 Ched, Santa's Anonymous. So uh, thank you for being part of that once again. Okay, you can get us by calling or texting 780-496-0063. This dude was at the game. Of course he was. It is Chris from Phoenix checking in. Chris, go ahead. Hey, just uh, want to say a uh, great two games by the Oilers. Two gritty games. Uh, amazing. Uh, start of the year. Once again, I'm going to say that uh, I wanted to give Holland the benefit of the doubt for, uh, for his addition. And they seem to be working. Uh, as far as the NHL and their refing, uh, I don't know what they were doing on that Coyote's second goal. Uh, I don't know... Uh, I guess you're allowed to hold Connor's leg for about 10 seconds, but uh, gritty win. Um, we need to sign Bear. We need to extend Bear as soon as possible, uh, to as long as possible. 
because this kid is turning into a dynamite defenseman. The things that he is doing on the ice are, are for the film. He is gaining confidence. He's playing top line minutes. And uh, we just we just need this kid to uh, to get signed. So hopefully uh, hopefully Holland is working this his magic. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing a Ryan Ellis type uh, type deal. Uh, two two to three million for five years is, is perfect for me. And uh, let's let's continue on to uh, Colorado. And we all said uh, we needed at least what three wins in this uh, in this road trip to be a successful road trip, and we got our three wins. Um, you know, so that's all I have. It's a great game, great uh, great little run here. And let's go Oilers. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. Well. Ethan Bear has has done extremely well. What was his ice time again tonight? 20, over 21 minutes tonight. 21-41, one, three shots on goal. I had a couple of chances to give the Oilers a lead late in regulation time. And and, and again, he's, he's 22. He turned 22 in June. He was drafted in 2015. I mean, he was drafted the same year as McDavid. Obviously, McDavid's going to jump in and play right away. So back to junior in, in the minors and that's and that's making a difference and I know you know Peter Shirelli is despised by a lot of Oilers fans I, I mean he drafted them and he kept them in the minors too for for most of his uh, tenure after being drafted as, as as well so we're seeing players get to mature in the minors you know not come up to Edmonton when they're not ready and then you make mistakes and then it's like oh who is this guy when's he going to be good and hey they're not perfect. There has not been a huge bump in the road for the Oilers yet this season. But, uh, I mean, again, just a, a lot of positive stories where players are doing what you would hope they would do or, in some cases, even overachieving. Or saying, well, what's the best-case scenario? Maybe that. Some guys are doing that. Well, I, I don't even think any of us had this as a best-case scenario for, for Ethan Bear playing on the first pairing for the Edmonton I was playing 21 plus a night leading all rookies in 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 ice time for defensemen he's been exceptional um people don't understand how important confidence is for an athlete it is everything if you if you have confidence you believe in yourself you can do great things if you lack confidence uh, you're in trouble and a lot of young players come up at the wrong time they come up too early and, and they struggle and when they struggle, they, they start doubting themselves. And it starts changing the type of player that they are because they get scared to do what they are good at. And then they don't become the player they need they, they, they need to be. And some of those guys get moved on. Justin Schultz, great example. Was put into too much too early. Uh, media got on him. Fans got on him. Lost his confidence. Had to trade him. He'd sure look good in an Oilers jersey right now. He's that good a player. Ethan Bear, they went a different way with him. Put him down in the minors, let him gain confidence, let him learn the game, let him get in better shape, let him realize what it is to be a professional, how to act both on and off the ice. And when he came up, and he's only here because of an injury, but when he came up because of the injury and was put into a situation, he was capable of having success because he was that that point of his career. And everything he's doing now is because of what he has put in before he got here. So good on Ethan Bear. I don't know what his contract status is. I don't know what they're going to do. But there is no, there's no doubt that he will be long-term as an Edmonton Oiler because right now he's showing signs that he can be a number one pairing defenseman and he adds an element that they haven't had in a long, long time. The Oilers win 4-3 in a shootout as we check the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. If you're looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Sabres knock off the Panthers 5-2. Hurricanes shut out the Red Wings 2-0. The Oilers' farm team falls in a shootout. The Bakersfield Condors 3-2. 
to the uh, Iowa Wild. Dylan Wells, though, 48 saves in that for the Condors. So uh, young goaltender Dylan Well, uh, Dylan Wells had a pretty good outing. The uh, Grey Cup, a bit of a stunner. I mean, I picked Winnipeg. You did. Didn't pick them this way. 33-12. Winnipeg, uh, Andrew Harris, the most outstanding player and out, most outstanding Canadian. Um, I mean, looking back, we 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 watched the first half and then had the two-screen experience in the second half. It was never really in doubt. Seven turnovers by Hamilton. Uh, Winnipeg was by far the better team. It, honestly, it was men versus boys out there today, and uh, Harris looked like he was playing with a chip on his shoulder. Uh, and he was going, sending a message to the to the league, to the people that decide on All-Stars, on uh, MVP, stuff like that. You know what? You might have overlooked me because of something that happened this year, and he was going to prove that he was the best player in football this year, and he was certainly the best player in football today. And Chris Strebler, the, the Wildcat-style quarterback for the Bombers today, threw a touchdown pass and caught a pass and also had about 30 rushing yards. Yeah, he, he ran. had a trick play where he could not, he didn't catch a touchdown pass, but he caught a pass for 13 yards and he threw uh, the only touchdown pass that Winnipeg had. The only thing he needed to do today was kick. Needed to kick for some points, <laughs> but Medlock had six field goals. But, but again, domination by Winnipeg. Well, again, I mean, I don't follow the, the Blue Bombers as much, but I mean, they had two quarterbacks. They played two quarterbacks in the Grey Cup. Here we are, we're here getting fans calling us, you cannot go with two goalies over the course of a season. Right. Winnipeg Blue Bombers played two quarterbacks in the Grey Cup. And a receiver threw a pass. Because Darwin yes. Adams, the receiver, is the one that threw the pass to Strebler on a, on a trick play. And there, and again, both these teams, Matt Nichols out for the season, uh, Jeremiah Masoli out for the season for Hamilton. So, I mean, credit to Hamilton. They clearly didn't have their best day. They're clearly a better team than this. But And then they lost their MVP. Thanks, right? got hurt, yeah, yes. as well. So that, that didn't help them at all. Okay, Oilers win 4-3 in a shootout. More of your phone calls and texts in a second, but let's go back to Arizona. Here's Dave Tippett. Back of two teams with I know our team. I'm not sure, but there we didn't have much gas in the tank. You could tell, you could tell when players are coming to the bench and they're looking at it like, I'm trying. I really am, and there's not much there. So tough turnaround. You know, we played a hard, hard physical game last night. So I'm proud of our guys to hang around and uh, got a way to get two points. Or, or when they're not going to the bench. I mean, what did you think of uh, McDavid and Drysaddle in overtime being able to turn yeah. it out? Yeah, they uh, they manage that all right. You know, they. And uh, we got the stoppage one, so I got the timeout to give, give him a little bit of a break. But uh, it was, you know, I like the way we hung out, hung around the game. Their third goal is kind of a fluky goal that went in, and we just said, let's hang around and hopefully we get our shot that counts. And uh, we were able to tie it up and got the extra one in the shootout. So it was, it's, hey, it's a good two days for us. How did you, how did you find Sam Gagne? Uh, oh, really good. That line was probably our best line early in the game. Chase on got rewarded with a goal, and. Uh, but, you know, tonight's one of those nights you got to rely on everybody and then hope you find enough to win. How did you see that Fisher goal where he was holding McDavid's leg and then uh, sort of got to the front of the net first? Uh, I saw a couple guys swing away from the front of the net, not McDavid. He was behind the play. We, we should have covered that off. There's a couple guys watching other things than they should have been watching. You're getting like Granlin hadn't scored for a while. Kara hadn't scored for a while. Now they're both sort of kicking it in. Chase on got one. Is that something you kind of want? Yeah, it's something we need. You know, it's something we need. And not just, I mean, it's helping us win, obviously, but it's it's good for the team morale. You know, these guys want to help out as much as they can. And uh, so it was, you know, it's good to see some of those goals go in. 
tonight's effort with you know the guys we talked about playing in overtime and, and Ganya having to step up and juggling and stuff. Does it speak to how important Ryan Nugent Hopkins really is on this team? Well, he's an important player for us for sure. I mean, you you lose him, you know, we didn't realize till this afternoon we were going to lose him for a bit. So, uh, you know, hey, that's that's one of uh, one of the things you have to deal with, but. The, the thought process, putting gags in there, he's a good veteran player. He's always, you know, that's where he's kind of, he's a utility guy and throw him in there. I thought there was a good veteran NHL line and they played well. For, for a bit, how long do you think he, he's up? Yeah, a couple of days. I, mean, I don't know, just, I, I don't know how long it's going to be, but he, uh, I mean, for a bit, I meant tonight. Shows how important Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the standings say that you guys are one of the best teams in the, in the league. Do you view yourselves through that lens? I don't know. Like, we're still... We've come, we've did some good things since the start of the year, and we're, we're continuing to get better, but there's there's still a lot more to go here. So it's early in the year still. You know, we've got a group that's really trying hard, and, uh, and you know, they're really buying into uh, trying to play well as a team, and uh, our goaltenders have played well. The penalty killers have done a, done a nice job. Um, you know, Connor and Leon and casting have been a real good line for us so it's it's uh you know so far so good but there's a lot more to go i think tonight's win would probably go a long way toward that feeling right when you win a second day of a back-to-back and it with some yeah. injuries and stuff too. You, you know what there's every game you take something out of and you know last night's game was was one of those games that you're real satisfied the way your team played because it was such a hard physical game and it was that was like a playoff game tonight was survival you know you're just trying to try to get through it and hopefully you can find ways to get points so um i like the way we hung around it tonight so that's you know you learn how to do that hang around and not beat yourself but you know last night's game i love the way i mean that was that was a big boy hockey game and and uh you know you got to you got to come and be ready to compete at the highest level to win that game, and we did. So, a couple different different kind of games. We got four points out of it, and move on. I got a lot of nice. You know, I've been here a long time, nine years, and I still have a home here. So I've got a lot of good friends here. So it's nice to come back. I think they they continue to build. They continue to move forward. You know, so that's uh, they're doing a good job. That's Dave Tippett after the Oilers win 4-3 in a shootout against Arizona. Whenever Edmonton scores five or more in a game, you can go to 630Ched.com slash Oilers and print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village AAA steak and succulent seafood cooked at your table. Celebrate your senses. You will hear from Sam Gagne. More of your phone calls as we roll along. The Oilers are rolling along 16-7-3. Overtime open line, courtesy Heartland Ford. Global News at 9.30. Good evening, I'm Thomas Dias. It's two degrees. North of the city, Slave Lake RCMP say their thoughts are with the families of those deceased at this time after a collision on Highway 2 near Range Road 73 and Nine Mile Bridge between an SUV and a sedan. There's still no word, though, on how many people were involved in the collision and how many people were killed. Mounties say the road conditions in the area have been icy.
If you're at one of the selected LRT stations in a city, you'll see a paid advertisement from a 26-year-old local woman desperate for a new kidney, with the average wait time for a kidney transplant said to be around four years in the province. Andrea Mackinac has end-stage renal failure and currently has to undergo four hours of dialysis three times a week in order to stay alive, and with help from a friend and her college, where she's been studying to become a nurse, a successful fundraiser was held to help her purchase the advertising space a Calgary man did the same type of thing last year, and it worked. And south of the border, another high-profile candidate has joined the race for the Democratic presidential nomination. Billionaire Democrat Michael Bloomberg announced today his decision to join the crowded Democratic field, buying $29 million worth of advertising like it was 29 cents worth. 6.30 Ched Sports, as you've been hearing, Connor McDavid scored the shootout winner as the Oilers made it past the Coyotes 4-3 in Arizona. And running back Andrew Harris scored rushing and receiving touchdowns as the Winnipeg Blue Bombers declawed the favored Hamilton Tiger Cats 33-12 in a 107th Grey Cup game in Calgary. Harris also became the first player ever to be named the game's top player and top Canadian. 6.30 Ched weather, the temperature dips to minus one overnight with increasing cloudiness, clearing tomorrow morning with a high of plus one. I'm Thomas Dias, your next scheduled newscast at 10 on 6.30 Ched. Lead pass is to Sam Gagne. Ekman Larson fell down. Centering pass. Gagne. One-timer score. Alex Chason has his second of the year. And Sam Gagne, as he said after the first period, right here on the Oilers radio network, the next thing we got to do is get more on the net. He put it right in Chason's wheelhouse, and Edmonton regains the lead. That put Edmonton up 2-1 early in the second period. First 10 minutes of the second period, very strong for the Oilers. Arizona responded, got two goals a minute 33 apart. They took a 3-2 lead into the third, had some chances to extend the lead. Koskinen came up big. Grandlin ties it with 6.48 to go. Overtime scoreless. McDavid, the only goal in the shootout, and the Oilers win it 4-3 over the Coyotes. 780-496-0063. We have Colin standing by. Go ahead, Colin. Yeah, just uh, rolling along here, kind of a snowy night southeast of Regina. Uh, not as nice as it is over there. So, <laughs> anyway, uh, great game. I mean, you just you just see what a nice, solid effort gets you in the end. After yesterday's game, a person wondered if they had it in them to, to do another one back-to-back. But, uh I, I just wanted to say that you, you're seeing a maturity coming up here because yesterday there was some officiating that was really hard to take, and they got through it, didn't overreact to it, didn't get down on it. And there was some of that tonight too, but not anywhere near the same way. And the other thing is I just wanted to throw out there, and, and I'll leave it to you guys, is that you know, you're hearing the names of the secondary players. You know, They're always talking about secondary scoring. You start hearing names now. They're not always getting success, but you're hearing the same guys. And it's it's not a case of when McDavid and Dreisaitl aren't on the ice that nothing's happening. They're not just hanging on by their fingernails. They're trying to get something going, and, and it's, it's coming close. 
and Granlund, he did that yesterday too. Yep. Shot, got a rebound, scored on it. That guy's got a touch. Yeah, for sure, Colin. Thanks for calling. Yeah, Granlin doing a lot better. Kara had some goals before he got injured. He didn't play again tonight. We talked about Haas and Patrick Russell. Good forechecking. You know, Nygaard's trying to use his speed. So the checking's been there. The penalty killing's there most of the time. Arizona did get a power play goal tonight. Shane and Archibald have been a big part of that. So you, you have players in roles, and you have... He t- talked a little bit about maturity, you have uh, maybe not older players I mean, most of the guys Holland kind of signed are 24 to 27 but they have games under their belt and I know late last year when the Oilers were trying to claw back into the playoffs they kind of hung around and then the last two or three weeks of the season were were pretty dismal and I know we heard a lot of well laziness uh, but I I mean I, I never thought the Oilers were a lazy team last year they weren't talented enough and they were inexperienced I mean you're not calling up Joseph Gambardella and Josh Curry and throwing them into a playoff race and, and thinking they're going to transform the team. So now the depth players are doing jobs they've been asked to do in the past. They're not being put in uncomfortable situations. Well, I, I think you said it best when you said they got maturity in, in their depth players. Now they got guys that have played in the National Hockey League. Um, we, we, you and I were talking before the game, and I think on the Oilers roster at the end of the season, they had 10 players that aren't in playing hockey anymore in North America. They had a bunch of guys, or, 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 or sorry, in the yeah. NHL. They're either in the minors or Europe or done because the Oilers weren't good enough last year. Now, when the, Oilers, the Oilers, when the Oilers were healthy last year, they had players playing for them that shouldn't have been in the NHL. The Oilers now, when they're healthy, they have players that should be playing in the NHL that can't get into the lineup. They have depth. When injuries happen, so tonight, Ryan Nugent Hopkins leaves the lineup. And what do they bring in? Sam Gandhi. What's he got? Six, seven hundred, eight hundred games? All of a sudden, you put him into your lineup. Um, and he may be he may be scratched by the weekend when yes. they have a home and home against Vancouver. But the Oilers have depth, and they got players that are capable of coming in and, and filling in roles. And I think... And, and I know from when I played, you always loved having a defined role. So you knew going into the game, this is what we expect from you. It's much easier to play when the coach tells you, okay, A, B, C, that's what I want from you tonight. All right, well, okay, now I know what to do. Yep. And Dave Tippett came in right from day one, and each guy had a role. You are a penalty killer. You're going to penalty kill, you're going to get fourth line minutes, and I want you to do that very, very well. You are going to be your th- the first line right winger, Cassian. Here's what I want. I want physicality out of you. You're not penalty killing this year. You're going to be a five-on-five five guy. And uh, Neil, you're going to play five and five minutes, but we want you as a front net, front net presence on our power play. Everyone knew exactly what they were, was expected of them. And it's much easier as a hockey player. And guys are relishing their roles. And, and you can see it when the, the penalty killers, guys are taking pride in that. And it used to be, we watched the penalty kill in the last couple of years. It was terrible. And it was mainly because there was guys that were out there. That wasn't their main role on the team. Including Connor McDavid. Including Connor McDavid. That wasn't his main role. That was an added one because we have nobody else that's good enough to do it. We've got guys now that their job is penalty killing. And if they don't do a good job penalty killing, they don't play. So all of a sudden, the willingness to block shots, to get in lanes, to make sure you're back checking, to make sure pucks are out is that much higher because the, your minutes are based on whether you're successful or not. So Dave Tippett has given the guys the roles and the guys have bought into it. We have Tony on line two. Go ahead, Tony. Tony, are you there? We may not have Tony, so we'll try Derek. Derek, go ahead. How's it going, guys? Good. Besides the weather being beautiful down here, that game was phenomenal. Oh, did you go to the game? I was. 
I hung out since Wednesday down here in Phoenix just to go to it. Oh, good man. How, and, how, it was, and they never let me down. Good. Where were your seats? Uh, up high, 226, I think, was the section. How many, what percentage of the crowd was Oilers fans, do you think? Oh, I would say a good 80%. 80%? Oh, wow. Okay. I, I, there was a lot of blues. I, I had one old lady tell me that McDavid sucked though, on the way out, though. Well, that's not accurate. That's definitely not accurate. <laughs> All right. Are you, uh, are, are you staying down there for a while? Are you following the Oilers on this trip? What's going on? Yeah, I'm going to fall home. I'm going to make my way back towards uh, the cold and balmy Alberta weather. Drive drive slow, really slow. Like, make it a four- to five-month trip home. <laughs> I'm going to try. I'm going to try. What's your hometown? Uh, Red Deer, Alberta. Oh, good stuff. Do you know Cam Moon? No. <laughs> good, good, good guy, though. Derek, thanks good for checking in. Right on. Thanks for checking in, Derek. You bet. You guys take care. All right. Derek was at the game as well. I had a couple people calling in who were uh, at the game tonight. Oilers win 4-3 in a shootout. Uh, I mean, th- good good games between these two teams. Arizona won in overtime here on November 4th. They have a good record, 14-8-3, 31 points. The Oilers are 16-7-3 for 35 points. They lead the Pacific Division. And uh, it's interesting how it's shaking. I mean, we're not we're not early anymore. Nope. Like the, the next game will technically be one third of the way for the Oilers. Game number uh, twenty seven, and 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 in the division, you got Edmonton, Arizona, Vancouver are the top three. I thought those three teams might be four, five, and six in some order. Vegas, uh, then San Jose, then Calgary, and then you know Anaheim's dropping off, and LA's having a having a tough year despite that win over Edmonton. So, it's 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 going to be interesting. I mean, you look at Ve- Vegas, San Jose, and Calgary, and you think, okay. Who's coming on? Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, we're at the point where probably one of those, at least one of those teams, won't come on. They'll probably stay fifth or sixth. Well, there's going to be pushes by by those teams. They're, they're good. I mean, their their rosters are good. They just got off to bad starts, and and this is where your confidence starts waning. Every day you wake up and you look. Okay, the others won again. Oh, the Coyotes got another point. Oh, Colorado just put some more in the bank. I mean, all these teams in the Western Conference that are moving ahead that you weren't expecting to be there, and it plays on your mind. Uh, these are all points. We are at the point, and I know that we had calls at the beginning of the season, and people said, well, you know, they, they have an easy schedule to start the year off. And we're like, yeah, they, it was easier, but they won. So, I mean, they did what they were supposed to do. Well, wait till they play the good teams. Well, the others are now a good team. And there will be uh, peaks and valleys again throughout the season. But this is not a fluke, the, the record that they have. They, there's the important things in hockey are goaltending specialty teams. And they're good in all three of those. And then you throw in the fact they have the best two players in the NHL as an added bonus. That leads to success. 4-3 shootout win for the Oilers tonight. We have Mike standing by on line four. Mike, thanks for calling. Hello. Hello. What's happening? Not much, man. What's on your mind? Um, I got a question and I got a statement here to make. So, so who is the odd man out when Matthew Benning returns to the lineup? It might be, maybe it's Caleb Jones. It's everybody, if, if, if everybody is healthy. I mean, we got the questions, who was the odd man out when Larson returns and then Benning got hurt. So, right. it's a big if. Yeah, we have, we have an same thing happened to Brandon Maddox. So, for uh, a lot of... That was what, two or three games, wasn't it? 
Oh, Manning Manning was briefly on IR. He is active now, though, yes. Yeah, yeah. yes, I saw that. So, yeah, he, he's only out maybe three or four games, though, so. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, so. All yeah, right. And, yeah, but, and, 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 but, so, and do you think this is Sam Gagne's last year in the NHL? Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, I hope not. Yeah. I hope not. I mean, it, it is a big year for Sam. He obviously uh, is, every as you get older, every time you step you on the know. ice, you're looking for uh, another opportunity. And he, he knows he has to have a pretty good year to be able to find a contract to play again next year. I, I think it's way too early to, to, to look at that, but... I think the last two games he's played, he's been excellent for the Edmonton Oilers. So uh, he just wants to play. He's a professional, and, and Dave Tippett called him out about it after the game. He he put him in the lineup in a position where he could succeed because he felt that he had the professionalism to be able to step in and produce, and he did that tonight. Sam Gagne is our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. He jumps in, plays second-line center for the injured Ryan Nugent Hopkins. If you missed it, RNH will miss at least one more game, so that'll be Colorado on Wednesday with a hand injury we got brandon don and zach next in the batting order on the phones the oilers win at 4-3 in a shootout overtime open line courtesy heartland ford in a shootout oilers get by the coyotes 4-3 good game entertaining game both teams looked really good at times carried the play they responded to pressure from the other club the oilers are able to pull it out connor mcdavid had the only goal in the shootout koskinen turned aside all three arizona shooters dry also shot for edmonton just I mean, okay, this might sound a little dumb because obviously I never played hockey at anywhere near of a high level, but when I watch Dreisaitl go in Mm -hmm. and he's a huge man and then he winds up like that, like he looks like a crane on steroids. (laughs) And I guess NHL goaltenders probably aren't intimidated, but going in there, looks like he's going to blast it right through the the goalie's body well i mean i i was in a lot of shootouts in, in my career and my my move was a slap shot from just inside the hash marks i would always go over the glove try to go bar down uh, if you hit your spot the goalie can't stop it he just i mean t- taking a slap shot from 10 feet out uh, you either score or you hit the goalie and on that one uh, leon missed his spot and, and he hit the goalie uh, Char is another guy. I don't know. I've seen him do that. He's walked in, and that would right. be intimidating. You got a guy six foot fourteen coming in with his arms as big as they are, and he's got the hardest shot in the league. Uh, it, it, to me, it, it it's a good move. You just have to hit your spot. Leon didn't, uh, but it's especially after a guy just comes in just before you and comes dipsy doodles a little bit and goes between your legs. You're hoping that maybe, okay, he's going to keep his legs closed. He's going to be standing still. You're trying to fool him. That's As a, as a guy that shoots, you always watch what the guy did before you because you want to try and play off of that. So uh, I'm not sure any goalies in the league are intimidated, but it does make them pause when they see a guy wind up for a slap shot from 10 feet away. All right, we have Brandon on line three. Go ahead, Brandon. Brandon, I think you have to turn your radio down too, please. How are you guys doing? Good. Sorry, hold on. Okay, so my question for you is, um, James Neal this year has been a revelation for himself and the team. I know it's easy to say, like, oh, because he's, you know, playing with skilled players, but is there something else that you you guys are seeing that's allowing him to be successful 
because the thing I heard was that he was having conflict with uh, the Calgary Flames head coach. I was wondering, could that have an influence, or what are you seeing on his game? I, I heard that as well. Without being around the team, it's it, it's it's hard to say. Um, I, I think he's just playing the way he knows how to play. I mean, he most of his goals, Brandon, as you've seen, are what four feet in length. You know, what, you know what I mean? Like he's in front. Of- yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think. He's he's had one blip in his, in his career last year. Before that, I mean, he's been a goal scorer his whole career. He's had success uh, over and over. He had a bad year, and sometimes it's just not a good fit. Uh, he he wasn't put in a position to succeed in, in Calgary. Coming here, five on five, he's been okay, but he's playing on a power play with on the best power play unit in the league or second best now with guys that pass the puck and move the puck, and he's a net front presence. That means everybody that scores. The puck goes by. He scored a couple goals this year that he was just standing there and Nugent Hopkins hit him. Right. So if you're hanging around the net like he does, you're a big guy with good hands, you're going to score goals when you have talented players around you. So he's being used probably in Edmonton better, and he's on a better power play in Edmonton, which is allowing him to have success. All right, Brandon, we're going to finish the play with you. I'll put you on hold here. Just for playing, you get up to eight days parking at Jet Set Parking, the best price on Edmonton Airport parking. Book online at jetsetparking.com. Self-park as low as five ninety eight per day with the promo code CHED. What do you have? Chikrin able to take control, and now the Coyotes will attack. Maybe a three-on-two. Chikrin over to Christian Fisher. Back in front, Chikrin a tip, rebound. All right. So I don't even know what that is, Brendan. I could uh, in the third period. I could I could help with that play. I have never done this. I'm going to throw it out there. Here it is. Yeah, do it. Who won the Grey Cup? <laughs> <laughs> the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. That's that's awesome. There you go. You're a winner. Thanks for perfect. Okay. stay on the line. Your name's going into the grand prize draw for one hour at Fast Track Indoor Karting, valued at a thousand bucks. Safe adrenaline pumping fun. Fast Track Karting Edmonton. Com. We could just, should just had Morley on and ask that question. He's <laughs> he's uh, he's in Calgary. Uh, we will try to get a couple more callers in here. I know a couple guys have been holding, but we do want to go back to Arizona, Gila River Arena. Sam Gagne had an assist tonight. Here he is. Yeah, obviously, um, you know, you can never really feel fill Nuge's shoes. He does a lot for this team. Um, both special teams uh, plays a lot of important minutes, but um, you know, I just wanted to come in and play solid. Uh, I think that was my mindset. Try and uh, limit uh, their chances, and uh, you know, if I could do that, create a little bit of, of uh, for our, ourselves as well. I thought our line did a good job of that. Um, you know, playing with a couple of veteran guys who really talk it out and, and help me out in those areas, and. Um, it, it was a good uh, good game for our line and good win. You uh, got on an overtime that was just basically a spell Connor and Leon. Yeah. Is it, you kind of pull them off the ice. There I, was, I was just kind of filling space to <laughs> give them some time to rest. Uh, you know, obviously they're very special players, uh, leading the league in scoring, and they do a lot of damage at three on three. And um, just want to kind of get out there and uh, do what I could to <laughs> kind of give them a break. Um, but, um, you know, it's definitely nice to get it in the shootout. Does that kind of speak to the role that you, you are mentioned Ryan Nugent Hopkins' name, but the role that he plays on the team where maybe you're having to fill in, but, you know, if there's the overtime minutes that need taken, penalty kill minutes, there's a lot of different things that he brings that yeah, other, other guys need to fill in. Absolutely. I mean, uh, he's kind of a jack-of-all-trades. He does so many things for us. 
um, you know, both special teams and uh, takes a lot of important faceoffs out there at the end of the game, both um, offensively and defensively. So uh, he's a real important guy for us, and uh, a lot of guys have to step up in his absence, and um, uh, we had a lot of guys do that tonight. Especially in his absence, um, the second night of a back-to-back, another division team, got two of these wins now. How important was yeah, that? Yeah, um, you know, I think the guys did a really good job last night of uh, just playing solid and uh, and not giving up too much, and because of that, I think um, allowed us to have some legs tonight, and uh, you know, we get down and just keep fighting and um, find a way to get two points. Probably you're in a couple days off, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Yeah. Thanks. All right, Sam Gagne, a good game from him tonight. Oilers pull it out 4-3 in a shootout against the Coyotes. Edmonton's record up to 16-7-3 on the road. Pretty good. They're 9-5-1 away from home. Zach on line five. Go ahead, Zach. I just want to say thank you guys for the show, and I love listening and calling into your show. It's really great. And um, just on confidence to to tie into what Rob was saying, um, in the preseason, I, I managed to get those seats like right behind uh, the Oilers bench, um, right behind the glass. I, I could afford them because you know it was the preseason, so they weren't four hundred bucks or whatever. And uh, it was against the Jets, and man, Jim uh, Playfair is just a really, really great coach. You could just see just sitting there like the confidence and stuff that he gives to his players and. And even tonight when Sam Gagne scored, you know, there was a hand that came down from behind him and went on his shoulder. And whose hand was that? That was Jim Playfair's. Like, I get Dave Tippett his strategy and maybe a bit more aloof, or I don't know how it works in the NHL with the, the head coach, but I, I really, really like watching him. And I have no doubt in my mind that the success of, of Bear and uh, Trying Person and, and these other young defenders, like, that, that has, you know, He's got something to do with that, I think. No, I, I think you're absolutely right. As a young player coming up, you want a sounding board. You want someone that's there to, to guide you in the right direction, but guide you in the right way. And if you have a positive influence, it's much easier to play when you're starting to learn at this level. All right, final call tonight's going to go to Don. Don, we got about a, a minute for you. Go ahead. Okay, well, I was just going to say, first of all, I thought the I did the finish the play for last game, and I thought that question was easy. So. <laughs> That's right, Rob topped it. Oh, I'll say. But anyway, just quickly on that second goal when uh, Arizona tied the game, when McDavid got held on the boards there, um, that linesman was right there. Are linesmen allowed to make calls? Nope, not unless it's a, a major penalty, a five-minute call. They're allowed yeah, well, to make too many men, but yeah. Yeah. That's it. So because the linesman skated up to him and told him to like let go of him. and uh obviously the uh the reps didn't see it or what it, that happens all the time they 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 just say the guys are tangled up they let them go they give them a few seconds and they break that wasn't the reason the goal went and dave Tippett talked about it the goal went in because the other two oilers didn't go where they were supposed to in their own zone so well that i was gonna say too you could see that connor seemed like he was a little choked after that because when he let him go he just kind of casually skated in and who was that player that got that goal uh that was fisher's goal yeah fisher because he was the one holding connor yeah and then he just bolted for the front of the net and connor just kind of skated to the corner casually and he blew the puck in yeah if you're if you're an arizona fan you say it was a great play by fisher (laughs) (laughs) all right thanks don thanks to everyone who called and texted tonight the oilers win another one 
4-3 shootout decision against the Arizona Coyotes. Next game at Colorado on Wednesday. Of course, we have it for you on Ched. 6 o'clock face-off show. The game will be at 8. Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I'll have inside sports from 6 to 8. More on the Oilers and, of course, more on the Grey Cup. Thanks to Angie Quinnell and Brendan Escott, our studio producers this evening. Oilers hockey is presented by World of Spas. Overtime open line presented by Heartland Ford. 4-3 in a shootout. The Oilers win it. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Have a great night. Global News at 10. Good evening. I'm Thomas Dias. It's two degrees. Mounties and Slave Lake say a highway collision proved deadly today. Emergency crews responded around 12.30 p.m. to find an SUV and a sedan had collided on Highway 2 near Range Road 73 and Nine Mile Bridge. There's no word on how many people were killed at this point, though, with Slave Lake RCMP only saying in a release that their thoughts are with the families of those deceased at this time. An Edmonton woman has turned to advertisements in hopes of finding a kidney donor. Andrea Mackinac is 29 years old and living with a kidney disease she's had since she was a teenager. Her condition is worsening, though, so she and some friends raise money for LRT ads, hoping that putting a face to the problem will attract a donor. Well, without one, Manuel Escado with the Canadian Kidney Foundation says it's hard to say how long Mackinac would have to wait. In terms of getting a transplant, I mean, the average time is about four years, um, you know, throughout Alberta. Uh, but we hear, you know, in the case of Andrea, it's 13 years. I know patients who have been on the transplant list for 20 years. Andrea says she's nervous, but hopeful the ads will work like they did for a Calgary man last year. Ward 9 City Councillor Tim Cartmel wants to put the brakes on the west leg of the LRT. Cartmel says he'll be making a motion to defer transit redesign decisions until Council can discuss budget priorities in December. With recent numbers showing Edmonton Transit ridership is still lagging behind, he thinks resources could be better used elsewhere. Presumptions around usership uh, and ridership uh, match that same matching uh, resources to demand imperative. Uh, so my thought is that we should talk about that, uh, the bus network redesign and that first kilometre, last kilometre solution when we talk about LRT at the budget discussion. Cartmel wants the city to take another look at a rapid transit bus system for some areas. Well, Justice Department lawyers will ask the federal court tomorrow for a stay of the Canadian Human Rights Tribunal ruling that ordered Ottawa to pay billions of dollars in compensation to First Nations children and their families. Two days of hearings have been set aside for the case. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has said he agrees with many of the tribunal findings, but that more time is needed for consultation than the December 10th deadline allows. The Assembly of First Nations says 54,000 children and their parents could be eligible for a total compensation that could exceed $2 billion. And at the weekend box office... Disney's Frozen 2 not only opened in first, the sequel set a November record for an animated film debut, $127 million. That's also the fifth highest November opening of any film. Hello, neighbor. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, starring Tom Hanks as Mr. Rogers, bowed in third with an estimated $13.5 million. Denied a second-place finish by last week's number one, Ford versus Ferrari, which earned around $16 million. Christopher Watson, ABC News. 
6.30 Chet Sports. The Oilers made it past the Coyotes 4-3 in Arizona with Connor McDavid scoring the winner in a shootout. The Oilers are now 3-1 on their five-game road trip. The final stop takes place Wednesday night in Colorado. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers made it past the favored Hamilton Tiger Cats 33-12 in the 107th Grey Cup in Calgary with running back Andrew Harris scoring rushing and receiving touchdowns. Harris also became the first player ever to be named the game's top player and top Canadian. And south of the border, the 49ers decimated the Packers 37-8 in the final NFL game of the day. 6.30, Chad weather, increasing cloudiness overnight with a low of minus 1, clearing tomorrow morning with a high of plus 1, followed by a low of minus 6. Cloudy Tuesday, not much warmer with a high of minus 4. It's plus 2 in the capital city. I'm Thomas Dias for 6.30, Chad, your next scheduled newscast at 10.30.